Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. My name's Ashley Brandt, and joining me this week is a familiar voice to some of you if you listen to my other show that I've plugged at the end of every episode of the K-Hole, Twin Peaks Peaks, and joining me from that podcast is... Matthew Olson. Hello. Hello, it's the crossover everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> crossover two years in the making, and here's an exciting fact. If you listen to Twin Peaks Peaks, you know that Matt is based in New York, and we are recording together because I now live in New York. Big Apple. Nothing like it. Pod- city, of, <laughs> city of Dreams. Podcast capital of the world. <laughs> That's... Have you seen the, the, the actual subway ads that, like claim that basically no. yeah there's oh, there's nyc like city municipal like the government paid for these ads to be like hey city podcast everybody's gotta listen to something on the subway right it's real bad relatable content um so if you guys live in new york hit me up i'm looking for some recommendations i'm not gonna be going to the dash shore in new york because i heard that that is a shit show but maybe i will be going to the next kylie pop-up this week we're going to be talking about decisions, decisions, and loyalties and royalties. So it's going to be another double feature episode. But before we get into it, we do have some IRL news to talk about. Um, taking it from the top, this past week, um, a new rumor surfaced that Rob Kardashian had a new girlfriend of three months, Megan James. I don't know who this woman is. Apparently she has a reality show, it might be on VH1, no one knew who this woman was. Um, And very swiftly Rob came out and said, I have no idea who this woman is, and I'm not dating her. (laughs) So we can bury that news. Uh, He did have some shoutouts to Black China on her birthday that he posted on um, Instagram and his other social media sites, which was um, nice of our friend Rob. Caitlin also has a new puppy named Bertha. She's two months old, so at least someone's hanging out with Caitlin. Bertha's... Bertha, I feel like, is a name that a dog has to grow into. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to call a puppy Bertha, but, like, an older dog, sure. Yeah, this dog does not look like a Bertha just yet. <laughs> uh, both Chloe and Kylie this week got into a little bit of hot water consumer-wise because they were both accused of ripping off um, independent black female designers... Um, I can post the links to the sources on our Twitter. They're pretty legit. Um, all of the original designers involved obviously have emails between Chloe's assistant or Kylie's assistant, um, showing that Chloe and Kylie did purchase items from these lines that later ended up, um, in Good American and the Kylie brand, respectively. Um, unsurprising, but obviously a shitty move on everyone, and we would encourage you to buy from the original designers and to support um, independent, you know, black artists. Yeah, I actually, I actually saw this on Twitter, and I saw the, the Instagram screenshotted emails of the original purchases made from said designers, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty incontrovertible at that point. Unless, I, I mean, no one would go through the effort of faking that, I think. No, that's way too much effort, Yeah, honestly. especially when you could just point, like, no, I have been selling this thing, and then they're selling yeah. the exact knockoff. Yeah, I mean, like, even if those emails were fake, there's a pretty one-two relationship between the designs that we saw and the designs that are now being sold on Chloe and Kylie's respective websites. Well, yeah, support, support, uh, support the original artists in this case. For sure. Um, but in more positive family news... Kim did make a very candid appearance on Watch What Happens Live. 
Should I know who Andy Cohen is? Yeah, you actually should. Oh, okay. So he's like the mastermind <laughs> behind all of the Bravo reality shows. Mm. So like the Housewife, Housewives, the Housewife spinoff, stuff like that. Um, I don't even watch any of those, but he's just like known for being like a big person behind reality TV and like having this show that's live where he like invites got it got it okay reality stars often other people and then just like has a very candid conversation with them sure all right yeah so i watched i watched these clips with kim yeah i I, so what they played plead the fifth and rather than take that option she actually gave answers sort well sort of yeah some of them seem like kind of cop-outs Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, she said that, you know, Kendall was never really in Taylor Swift's squad. That, that seemed like the biggest bombshell. It seemed like... I fully agree. <laughs> that's that's what people call shade, correct? That is what people call shade. Cool. Got it. I'm mostly, I'm mostly used to talking about, like, 90s television shows as opposed to reality TV, so I have to ask these these. These, these questions, you know. Yeah, you're an important listener, surrogate, if anyone's new to the podcast. <laughs> um, what did you think of Kim's appearance? Like, I know you don't really keep up with the family so much, so I'm curious, like, whether that aligned with, like, your expectations of Kim's, like, public presentation. Um, hmm. I mean, it seemed like a like a normal appearance i guess i would have expected maybe some more guardedness but i i guess the whole gimmick of that show is like you, you gotta give some nuggets right yeah like you probably like probably when you're asked to come on the show you probably have to say like here's five things that i'll drop like very cash and then you figure out around that i don't know yeah. um so I, I, nothing struck me as particularly shocking except for I would have thought that maybe there would have... Actually, no, I take that back. I was going to say I thought maybe there would have been some, like, not mea culpa, but, like, contact between T-Swift and and Kim and Kanye at this point, but no. Of course not. No. Of course not. She's very petty. No. This is, like, an all-out... Not Kim, that is. Taylor. Yeah, this is, like, an all-out feud at this point, because you saw what Taylor did to Katy Perry yesterday. Yeah, which actually was a good... That was actually a sick move. Yeah. Uh, For I get, those yeah. of you who aren't familiar, do you want to summarize? Well, isn't it that Katy Perry's new album is out, and then Taylor Swift was like, okay, same day, I'm going to put all my music back on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and also, like, that's, okay, it's Spotify money, so this is fighting over how much, like, actual yeah, revenue? Like I don't know. <laughs> but also funny because the statement that Taylor's reps release, obviously I don't support Taylor, but I think that this is this was, like, masterful PR. The statement that her spokesperson put out was like, oh no, it's just a celebration of this important sales milestone that Taylor has reached. (laughs) Sure, okay. Yeah, I buy it. Anyway, that's wrapping up IRL news for this week. Um, Next week, obviously, is the finale, so we're going to expect the family to go a little bit dark for the summer. Um, Some stuff will surface on Kylie's new show. I don't know if you know about Kylie's show. Nope. Kylie's going to have a show. All right. (laughs) about her and her cosmetics brand and they're gonna air it this summer and i don't expect it to be renewed i think that this was basically a pinch hit because second season of robin china is obviously not happening right and they needed a summer filler because no one's willing to go take a new city anymore so is it just gonna be like 
her vamping about the lip kits and then just like tossing them to crowds of adoring fans for however many episodes yeah i think that's basically gonna be it it was hard to watch the five minutes of that she okay we're basically into the episode now i feel like kylie has by far the worst screen presence of anyone in this family of of the two episodes i've watched i believe I've seen snippets of the show before, but these are the first two episodes I watched in their entirety, and I paid I paid attention. All right, I want everyone to know I paid attention, <laughs> and I would absolutely agree. The moment like I w- I was initially taken aback by how much, uh, and I guess this is this is just a thing. I should have expected it. Uh, how much like just Kim looking upset like in bed <laughs> underneath like a mountain of blankets there was i was like this isn't necessarily like the most dynamic television but then that's a million times more entertaining than kylie just like staring at the camera being like i love my new pop-up store it's (laughs) completely great i'm so excited to be here like just completely devoid of emotion or spark kylie's not been appearing in a lot of recent episodes of this show i believe because she's filming the life of kylie as they're calling it um and I'm not missing her. I'm really not, you know? Um, especially because the last, like, season or so, she's just appeared to be like, my cosmetics line is doing so well, and it's such a surprise. I could never have imagined that this would happen. I mean, I don't know. I, I could have imagined that right? your, your brand would go pretty far. Yeah. But that leaves Kendall to shoulder all of the Jenner drama. And Kendall, this is a little more historical information for you, but Kendall was absent for a number of seasons because she was focusing on her modeling career. She didn't want her modeling career to be synonymous with the reality TV brand, but now she's back Uh because someone has to represent the Jenner sisters on this show. Sure. And someone has to hang out with Caitlyn on this show. Do you think that's going to flip when the show catches up with the Pepsi drama? I think, okay, what I think is going to happen is they will do an episode that's running concurrent to Pepsi drama. Actually, we might be past Pepsi drama in this timeline. Seriously? I'm trying to think, like, if this lines up. No, we're not yet, because New York Fashion Week was kind of earlier in the spring. So we're probably getting close. It'll probably be at the beginning of next season. Um, There will be an episode that they're going to hype up about Pepsi-gate, and they're going to be, like, an intimate look in the aftermath of Pepsi-gate. There's going to be a lot of, like, Kendall crying. No, that's not what's going to happen. No, you don't think so? They're going to hype it up, and then there's going to be one, like, 30-second scene (laughs) of, like, Kendall looking distressed, and then Kendall's going to do a talking head, and she's going to be like, you know, I just really want to move on, and I understand what everyone was saying, and Pepsi had good intentions, and I understand that that's not enough, and she's going to give a non-statement statement where she acknowledges everything that's said, doesn't take a side, and then they're going to move on. I want them to interview the hot cop from the ad. <laughs> the cop who's like, all right, I won't, I won't beat these protesters because I got a Pepsi from Kendall Jenner. That'd be a good get. That'd be a good get. That really, that would be a good get. I was... What did you think of Kim's statement on Watch What, Hap- what Happens Live about Pepsi-gate? Oh, wait, I didn't catch that part. Was that the longer video? Oh, yeah, maybe I didn't like that one. Darn. Well, what did she say? It was a non-statement statement. I was going to oh, use figures. this as an example of the non-statement statement, where she was going to be like, 
Kendall understands everyone's point of view. You know, she would have never, you know, wanted to hurt anyone, and she just wants to move on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that is that is the exact way you say nothing about what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we start at the beginning of the episode with Kim in the Mountain of Sheets that I was like, wait, what? This is where, <laughs> this is where we're kicking off? Yes, this is where my personal brand comes from. Kim mm-hmm. Kardashian lounging. And this season has given me a lot of material for my personal brand on the internet. Um, But it starts with New York Fashion Week, because Kim's going to New York Fashion Week, as she does. And Courtney's supposed to come with her. But then, I guess, what did she say? God God told me? While while, uh, Kim and her friend, whose name I didn't catch, were... Stephanie Shepard, who is the... um, Chief Executive Officer of Kim Kardashian... No, Chief Operating Officer of Kim Kardashian West Brands. Okay, cool. So they're waiting on, a, I guess, a chartered jet, and then they call Courtney and is like, where yeah?" And she's like, oh, God said, not today. No New York trip. Have fun. I guess I'll pay for however much of the jet I owe. Yep. Um, and then this this is at the tail end of already her waffling on this and deciding and then taking it back because the plot is Courtney can't make decisions and they have like three clips from the past indicating this as well so I guess this is a running trend do you feel like this is manufactured mostly out of thin air or is she always really indecisive Courtney is really indecisive but it's debilitating that (laughs) apparently something that the family has lived with for so long um, Courtney's inability to choose anything, and that's why Courtney's not in charge of planning anything, you know? Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, they just tell her what's up, she shows up, or she doesn't show up. One thing that I found interesting from that opening scene is it has been a minute since the Kardashians have really talked about money. So the last time we really talked about money was right before Kim and Connie bought their house, so this was right actually before Kim announced her pregnancy. Um, and this was right when Kanye was redoing her wardrobe and Kim was like, everything I own is horrible. I have to replace my entire wardrobe. Obviously she's buying expensive stuff. So they stage this moment where she gets a call from her financial planner. Who's like, if you keep buying clothes online, you're not going to be able to buy a house. (laughs) Huh? Okay. (laughs) So it's been like five years since then. And the family has not talked about money despite getting exponentially more wealthy year after year. So I did find it interesting that Kim, you know, wanted Courtney to pay for half of the jet, wanted Courtney to pay for her hotel room. Mm -hmm. But that seemed to be a mechanism of spite. (laughs) Yeah, no, it didn't. I was I was thinking like. You, you probably will forget about it if she doesn't, but you're just, like, mad. And yeah. that's... I feel like even if you're a Kardashian and you've got money and your life is, like... You've got assistance and everything to, to sort this stuff out for you, it's still probably pretty fucking annoying if you make plans with your sister that involve paying for a jet. And yeah. then she's just like, nah, and bye. <laughs> she's flying her entire glam team commercial because mm. they couldn't fit on the jet because Courtney was supposed to come. Yeah. Oof. So Courtney owes Kim a big check that I don't know if Kim will ever see. Yeah. But. Does that really matter, though? No. In the grand scheme of things, no. So Courtney stays in L.A. while Kim is in New York, and this makes way for Chloe to take charge of this situation for some old-fashioned reality TV show shenanigans. 
this was maybe my favorite episode of the season in terms of some classic hijinks. This is this is uh, <laughs> there's some good goofs played on played on Courtney. Do you uh, want to explain those goofs? So I don't remember. It's just it looked like honestly like a very regular restaurant. If it wasn't for like the fancy mineral water on the table, it looked and the like, fact that absolutely no one else was in there. <laughs> it looked like just like a family like restaurant uh and all of the shots of their food close up yeah <laughs> anyway uh it's chloe and chris out to lunch and they've invited courtney and courtney's i guess running late and they're talking about how she skipped on fashion week with kim and chloe says all right well let's see what she likes with the taste of her own medicine and they call up courtney tell her that they're at a different restaurant and then cue five minutes of Chris and Chloe just giggling over lunch while we get, like, shots of really confused and frustrated Courtney driving around in, I think, an Aston Martin. Yeah, they uh, talk about this in the next episode. Yeah. And then finally, of course, they reveal, we've been at the restaurant the whole time, and Courtney doesn't even seem to get it. Doesn't even seem <laughs> nope. to get necessarily, like, what, like, the, the gist of the prank was. And you literally just canceled on your sister to go to new york fashion week and you don't you're not quite like with it at this point i mean courtney has three kids to raise and scott so the four kids <laughs> four that, kids this episode opens or close to the beginning has some scott in it where scott acts like a big old kid so i think that's a fair yeah they just established that courtney and scott are never getting back together but he's also never gonna leave the show because how else is this man gonna get paid? Yeah. So, um, he, he is basically then a dependent, right? Yeah. He's a dependent of the family now. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's fair to call him a kid, and they can claim him on taxes. Yeah. Well, and you know the thing about Scott. Yeah, he wants to date children. No, not that. <laughs> but that is true. Um, you know that he's an only child, and his entire family is dead. Oh. Whoop. Sorry, Scott Disick. Sorry. Didn't mean to get a... No, yeah. Didn't like, mean to roast you so hard. <laughs> going back, so, like, Scott's, like, an only child from, like, a wealthy-ish, like, New York family, but if you, like, do a little bit of digging, like, it seems like it was old, old money that was kind of trickling down. His uh -huh. dad, like, was charged with embezzlement at one point. Classic. Classic move on the part of white people everywhere. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, a couple years ago, like, Scott's parents were, like, pretty young like mid late 60s and they died within two months of each other very suddenly yeesh well sorry scott disick and ever since then scott has not been having a good time well anyway yeah you know he's not gonna have a good time for the rest of the episode it's courtney because then <laughs> from this point on whether or not the prank was premeditated or not it's all gonna be about teaching courtney how to be decisive mm -hmm. which is just code for we came up with some really contrived stuff and found out that you can you could pay firefighters for firefighter training i guess <laughs> which is news to me yeah they start small at courtney's or chloe's house so they're still trying to like find something from Malika to do so they bring her over to operate this little grabby thing which is supposed <laughs> to represent courtney's children while she's making these rapid fire decisions that chloe's throwing at her uh-huh courtney does not give a shit yeah she she's <laughs> There's a difference between, like, uh, Kylie's woodenness on camera and 
Courtney's just like, I'm just here to, to make my appearance for the day, like, to do whatever has been planned and, like, get that check. Yep. <laughs> um, so even even this, and honestly, as funny as it is, Chloe taking charge on this, I feel like Courtney's right. Like, the immediate snap decisions she was throwing at Courtney weren't, like, good ones. They weren't, like, the same caliber as, like, hey, we've put a lot of money and planning into this trip that's going to be, like, a very visible thing for us. Are you in or not? It was, like, was it pregnant or no? Pregnant or no? (laughs) I don't know. And then Courtney asked the key question, pregnant by who? (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's completely valid. I think that's that's valid on Courtney's case. Uh, But, yeah, the grabber, like, being three kids, like, just get three kids in. Just like yeah, you have three kids on payroll. Yeah. <laughs> just just put in fact like put board like I don't want to be here, Courtney. Just like in a classroom and see how she handles it. Like have her like run a class for an hour because that'll test her decisiveness for sure. Yeah. Like. But instead, the real world scenario they pick is a rescue operation at a fire station. It films way better. It films way better. Yeah. They go there, there are firefighters, um, Chris is with them, they get dressed up, and then Courtney's supposed to be leading this fire rescue to rescue Chris, because Chris is not going to put on any of this gear. No. Absolutely not. Chris came dressed in Chanel. She's there to get rescued and get some good screen time. So, it goes about as well as you'd expect, because... Poorly. Chloe's really the one yelling at courtney what she needs to do and then courtney's relaying it to everyone else um i think chris would have perished in the fire (laughs) (laughs) it was a real fire for sure yeah um i don't even think they actually rescue her in the exercise um they just end up taking some instagram pictures yeah and there's some like weird not body shamey comments but they're just like oh like don't I look so weird in, in a firefighter getup? Like, I'm probably not built like how a firefighter's built. And the real firefighters are like, I don't know, like, we come in all shapes and sizes, sort of. Like, it's about knowledge and, like, strength, which doesn't necessarily denote, like... Size. Skinny or... Yeah. 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 It was kind of weird. It was real weird. But you know what is the healing thing that really gets Courtney in touch with herself? Oh, shit, what was it? <laughs> it was the Tony Robbins documentary. Oh, right. Oh, my God. I you, let out the biggest groan, and I texted you, like, Tony Robbins, for real. You missed the episode where they... This wasn't an episode. This was a recent thing that they actually did, where they went to the 12-hour Tony Robbins seminar. <sighs> anyway, yeah, she watches a Tony Robbins documentary, and that, like, fixes her right up, and she's like, oh, it's because I was so codependent when I was in my marriage with Scott. And it's like okay tied a nice bow up on it like right and the thing that she says is like i just need to listen to my gut more and i was like courtney your gut is telling you to make plans and then cancel them all the time i don't think there's actually any kind of like head heart like discontinuity discontinuity going on right now yeah the takeaway from that would be when i thought initially i don't want to go to new york I shouldn't have even listened to my sister about all the good reasons why I should, and then just said no, which I guess is an improvement, but, like, not really. I mean, look forward to more of Courtney taking three episodes to choose a paint swatch for her den. Hell yeah. I'm sure that's coming up. 
the real plot line that's kind of undercutting this is Rob and the extended guest appearance of Jamel, the life coach. He seems pretty fun. Yeah, he was introduced in the last episode. There have been a couple of people like this in Rob's life, but none of them have gotten a two-episode spot, so I feel pretty good about where this is going. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell, having not seen the previous episode, whether or not this was a new face or not, but Rob definitely seems like a man who needs a life coach right now. What was your impression of Rob? Uh, so in this first episode, it seemed like Rob was trying, and all I, all I knew prior was that he had had... He had always been, like, sort of shoved off to the side because he's the brother and is thus less interesting, which I, like, yeah, that's just the case. That's true. He did the Dancing with the Stars thing, and then all I know is that he had, like, gone through a rough patch, kind of, like, stopped caring so much about his appearance and, like, stopped, you know, making appearances and so forth, just kind of, like went away from celebrity for a while and then when he came back it was in the midst of all this robin china drama and that immediately like being pulled back in the fold like that his family was like we're gonna we're gonna fix you we're not gonna attribute this to like you having made a choice here like it was an accident and we'll get you back on track and also if it's like if it's your cho- if it was your choice to get in this position, you don't have a choice now because our brand is at stake. <laughs> like, yeah, k- kind of it. But in this first episode, he seemed like he was legitimately giving it a shot and was motivated himself to do this stuff because mm-hmm. he wanted to have a better relationship with China and his daughter Dream. And I was like, okay, you seem like just like, honestly, you seem like a real ordinary Joe who's been like. <laughs> part of this family and has a life coach in this case and you're kind of a fuck up but also you just want you just want to have a good relationship with uh your kid and your kid's mother so like i don't know yeah he i guess i guess in in reality lingo he got a good edit in the first episode because in the second episode he looks like a complete jackass yep that's a little bit more the rob we know regular rob yeah okay but these, this and the previous episode are honestly his two best appearances in years and years because... Either as a heel or as, like, a mm-hmm. nice guy? Okay. Because, like, the last episode we saw him in before he went dark and then came back with Robin China was... This was when Kim was pregnant. She was, like, very pregnant with... I can't remember if it was Saint or North. I think it was North. Um, and Rob going through this whole thing where he was like living alone which like he never does he's always lived with chloe as an adult which is weird to begin with there's some weird rob chloe stuff in this episode okay because i feel like adult siblings living together is weird yeah that's very weird hey now let's not judge like they're they're pretty young and you know they they don't have they're not afforded the same opportunities as older generations to move out and and strike out on their own you know And that's why, you know, as a young man graduating from college, you would move in with your sister and her husband. And when they move to Dallas, Texas for his career, you're going to follow them and then your life's going to fall apart with their marriage. Wow. Anyway. um, Fuck, what was I saying? The last thing we saw him in was, so they did this like awful thing to Rob where he 
was talking about getting healthy, but wasn't getting healthy, which is like every, every appearance he's made since then. It's also the just incredibly story. human. <laughs> yeah. Um, every story he's made, every appearance he's made since then has been that same story of like, why isn't Rob serious? Like Got he it. has all the resources in the world. This is making him unhappy, but it's really like he's making himself unhappy. So what Kim did was she ordered three different kinds of takeout and was eating it as like a pregnant woman, you know, she can do uh-huh. whatever she wants. Um, and then the idea was that they were tempting Rob or like showing him something about his uh, behaviors and his habits and it was bad. Yeah, it's very bad. And then we did not see him after that. We saw people talking to him through closed doors and then we saw him on Robin China. Huh. But this is like, these two are the best appearances he's made since then. And I feel like Jamel gets Rob much more than anyone else does. Yeah, and Jamel, for all his life, coachy, like, platitudes and so forth, didn't seem, like, super corny, and he was just, like, he, he seemed like a chill dude to be around, and the only other context I had is, like, this, Rob hangs out with Scott Disick, who, as fun as he is, you know, he's not Todd Cranes all the time, and it's probably, it's honestly probably like hanging out with an adult kid at times, it's like, you probably just... An adult Rob, kid with some severe depression issues. <laughs> probably just needs someone who's kind of a chill, positive force, who's not, mm-hmm. maybe who's paid to be there, who has a certain method, but isn't, you know, one of his sisters, <laughs> who's also, like, then more invested in his brand. Like, yeah. I'm sure this is good for, I'm sure this is good for Jamel and Jamel's oh, brand. absolutely. But, uh, yeah, he seemed like, he seemed like he was a good match, I guess, in terms of a life coach definitely not a tony robbins figure yeah i think like the scene that really got me was um when they're so they go to china's photo shoot to say hi uh-huh after rob's been to the dentist and has to put Ooh. on the surgical mask i feel that though like when your face is numbed at the dentist you feel like you're really swollen you're not but it feels awful yeah but it just makes what's that already scene- an awkward scene so much more awkward <laughs> real weird and rob needs to go back to the dentist i don't know there's he needs a lot of help i hope jamel takes him back um but you know rob leaves that meeting and says it's awful she didn't want me there i could tell it was bad and jamel is like no no no, that was good like she understood that you were just trying to be nice like it was awkward but like whatever she understood like your good intentions yeah yeah it wasn't like they had a fight it was just you know it, there was some tension, and they talked about the weather. And uh, he had a fucking surgical mask on. Gonna be awkward no matter what. That would have been awkward if their relationship was going super great, and they were like together. Especially, and he just walks in and he's like, "My lips numb. I decided to put a mask on because there's cameras around." Well, especially because she w- had been completely naked moments before. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They also walk in on her, which is a bit of a whoopsie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I the the first episode I watched, I was like, okay, Rob seems like he's all right. He's working on some stuff. That's positive. And the second episode, he's garbage. Yeah. But uh, we still got to talk about Kanye's fashion show. We do. But I want to say, how cute is Dream Kardashian? Oh, it's baby getting shots and crying. And yeah, it's a cute baby. Dream is a really cute baby. Yeah. Uh, also, find it super weird that that... I guess pediatrician keeps pictures of all the famous families he's worked with on his wall. Yeah. He's like full circle with the Kardashians and points at this super old photo of them. And it's just like, that's just Hollywood, I guess. It's weirded me out. 
Yeah. But, you know, we're going to see more of Dream in the future since Robin China is not coming back, which does bring us to New York Fashion Week. Yeah. Um, before we hit the fashion show, we've got to give Kylie her spawn con time. And then Kim also has to roll through the store and go like, hey, wouldn't it be fun if we just like gave out a bunch of lip kits? But I don't want to pay for it. Like the money thing came up again, but it also just seemed like, like, are you really going to make me do this? Like, I'm Kim Kardashian. I'm just helping your brand here. Yeah. Helping our brand. Very Let true. me throw out some lip kits. And Kylie's just like, I guess, because I don't think she gives a shit either no. about like. Do you know how many houses Kylie has? No, I don't. I, you know, I don't want to know. I'm over here buying avocado toast and and not thinking about that kind of thing. Fair enough. Uh, but this is all avocado toast to Kylie, so she's just throwing out lip kits to her adoring fans at this pop up. Yeah, and that's fun. It's a cute moment. I think it was supposed to hype us up for life of Kylie, but Kylie's lack of screen presence does not add to that interlude at all. No, it was it was it was like immediately more entertaining once it was Kim talking about lip kits than it was Kylie talking about like how proud she is of like her store and her like line. But she's also there to hype us up for Yeezy season, whatever season we're on. Whatever it is. <laughs> Um, Kanye's there. What did you think of Kanye's appearance on this show? So, is, uh, what, he was blonde, which I still hold is not a good look for mm -hmm. him, uh, because I think he's done that a couple times, right? He's, he's, he's done not time. done that a couple times. Oh. He did that for a period of time. Okay. Well, I think the bleached... Post-breakdown post Kanye is the bleached hair. Ah, got it. Okay. Is this before or after he met with Trump? This is the far tower. after. Okay, yeah. So he's was pretty quiet. I feel like they didn't. He's still very quiet. Yeah, have these him talk are, a lot. He just looked kind of his... smiley, like oh, I'm so glad that I'm having my fashion show today. <laughs> not gonna say much about anything, especially not politics, especially not any of my feuds. Anything. <laughs> I'm just gonna be quiet. Yeah. Look at my clothes. Um, this is where our show ashley twin yeah. peaks peaks crosses over with the kardashians because kanye's fashion show was of course centered around instead of a runway a big glass box yes <laughs> where the models appeared <laughs> inside the box yep on four different screens and then all took a walk later much like another big glass box in new york if that's my joke that i've been waiting to make Oh, All I love that. I'm happy for you. That's it. If you're curious as to what we're talking about, you should tune into the third season of Twin Peaks. We will not elaborate further. I don't know. It was it. It seemed kind of weird. They 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 fixated on like Kim sitting next to Anna Winter and like. Oh, that's always big. Yeah, they're they're all so impressed by like the design of this show, but it was really just like, all right, we put some big screens up, mm -hmm. and. I, I don't know. Does that really help you see the clothing better, you think? No, he always does something different with his New York Fashion Week presentations. Like, he did the thing where all the models were lined up before. He right. did the thing where they were walking around in the heat and fainting before. <laughs> so this was this was a step up from the fainting, which was the show previous to this. Sure. I just, like, 
I can I can think of a very particular example from when we were in school where someone was like, it would be really cool if we put a big box in the center of the room and put like four projectors projecting on all four sides. Like it's a pretty basic setup. Yeah. And everyone was like, Kanye's a fucking genius for this one. Completely changing the game. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, he's not. Well, have you seen like the Chanel fashion shows that they do at Paris Fashion? I have not. Chanel does some actually cool conceptual stuff where like they've done um like an airport before and like a supermarket before where they make the room kind of look like that place and then um in like the supermarket one they like had carts and like groceries (laughs) that they were also when i think chanel i think about people just wearing it to go to the whole foods yes (laughs) big Um, apple but anyway kim's there to hype that up as well because She's, She's the spokesperson yeah. for the family. Um, interesting that they're making Kanye's making many more appearances post breakdown than he ever would before. Really? Yeah. Okay. He's never on the show. Do you know why? Uh, he doesn't like it. I don't know. The reason that he gave is that he does not like the cinematography. Huh. You know what? There's a lot of points I noticed where they're just like weird cutaways yep. to like. <laughs> Like, obvious, like, filler things where it's like, okay, we had to cut a line, something that they said here, so here's a shot of, like, some decorative rocks on one of their, like, coffee tables, yep. and it's like, this is bad. <laughs> this is, this is, this is where I can point and say this is definitely bad TV, not, like, the plot lines or the mm-hmm. constructed reality of it, no, just the, like, yeah. wait, you... Yeah. The, the, the stylistic decisions of points. Yeah, or sometimes they, like, linger on a scene, like, a little bit too long, like, the last thing mm-hmm. that someone said, and it's just... Yeah. I don't know. There's, like, an absurdist, like, humor to it. Like, I love it at this point. Right. But when you first see it, it's like, what? who's editing this? So you're saying it's very consistently. Oh, this. yes. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Got it, got it. Definitely. So that about wraps up Decisions, Decisions, which again, I want to say is my favorite of these two episodes. This is what I've been tuning in for all Got this it. time. But Loyalties and Royalties brings us back to some ongoing recurring drama. This season has been really in a big way all about how upset Chris is about Caitlin's book. Uh-huh. And we're back at it again. <laughs> Um, Finally, someone's going to read it, I guess. <laughs> no, Chris read it because Caitlin gave her the manuscript. Caitlin, okay. So, so Chris and Caitlin got facials. Mm-hmm. And Chris was like, I'm going to make an effort to like be a good friend. We're like going to fix this relationship because she had really not hung out with Caitlin at all in uh-huh. the two years prior between Caitlin coming yeah. out and now. Um, and then Caitlin ends that positive interaction by giving her the manuscript of the book, which sends Chris into a downward spiral. Okay, so this happened a few episodes ago, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, that does seem like a really sour way to end a positive interaction, because it sounds like, objectively, some, some not-so-nice things were said about the Kardashians in the book. Yes, and that's what this episode is about in a big way. We do open with Kendall hanging out with Caitlin, doing Jay Leno's Garage, Kendall talking about her car. Really, just... The mo- the moment I realized that... Before he even walked in the room, the moment I realized, like, we're talking about Jay Leno's g- Garage, I was like, ugh, not into this. And then he po- pops in there, and it's just like, really not into this. <laughs> uh, Kendall talking about creepy old men being like is that your dad's car and she's like no it's my car and i'm like i 
I want Jay Leno off my screen. Please drive away in the car. I don't want to hear this conversation. I don't want to see that man. He's a bad man. I didn't know you felt this strongly about Jay Leno. Jay Leno is, without a doubt, and I'm saying this over Jimmy Fallon ruffling Trump's hair, Jay Leno is the worst thing that ever happened to late night television. Fair enough. And probably in the top 10 like and I, like Jay Leno is like the litmus test if you find someone who legitimately likes Leno mm-hmm. there's a good shot that they have like watched Bill O'Reilly with rapt attention before like Jay Leno is the subtle the subtle like marker of when it's a boomer who's like gone past the point of critical thought <laughs> a little overripe yeah <laughs> Good to know. I mean, I never was into Jay Leno, but... I mean, you know... He's here to talk to Kendall about her car. Caitlin loves cars. Uh, So it's a good family moment because fucking someone's got to hang out with Caitlin. All Caitlin does on this show is show up and be like, why won't anyone come out to Malibu and hang out with me? Mm. In the previous episode, she built a barn for Kendall to keep her horse in. (laughs) And was like, Kendall... I did this for you. Why can you not hang out with me? And then Kylie was supposed to come, like, ride horses with Uh them. Completely bailed. Right. So, you know, Kendall is on behalf of the entire family hanging out with Caitlin. um, And this rolls into this plot where Kendall does a shoot for Vogue India Mm -hmm. and meets um, Prince Manvendra, who is India's first and only openly gay prince who's had you know a lot of struggles and a lot of hardship in terms of just being accepted by his family and um being a public figure in india which is not right you know in his experience open to you know his identity um which is really cool he's a really cool guy yeah he seemed genuinely fun he's such a nice guy and he has amazing outfits but uh boy what did it did it feel pretty exploitative all of the scenes where it's him talking to the family and the family getting to weigh in. Yeah, because it starts with Kendall being like, I met this prince, super cool. I think even in the first thing, she's like, this prince came out as gay, really got me thinking about Caitlyn. And I'm just like, oh, is this going to be where this goes? Are they just going to, like, is this going to be our... (laughs) It's just going to be our object lesson here for the episode? Uh, And turns out, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know if you know about a recurring segment on this show where I speculate that Kendall's going to come out. <laughs> oh, no, I've not heard of this segment. Yeah, this okay. is an ongoing thing. Is it? Does it have a name? No. <laughs> I feel like... It's just... <laughs> I feel like you got to come, come up with a name. Maybe at a later point in time. We, okay. Okay, so basically... Kendall pings me, just she does, um, and there are a lot of people who think the same. There's a lot of speculation mm-hmm. that she was dating um, a girl in her social circles who's not famous, so never said her name on the show cool. for obvious reasons. Um, anyway, so speculation was that Kendall was going to come out like sometime this year, but then with kind of the drama that's been overshadowing the family since the robbery, Connie's breakdown, right. the Caitlyn drama, we think that's probably been pushed. Okay. In the PR cycle. Right. But I found the pairing of Kendall uh-huh. with this guy very interesting. Got it. From that standpoint. Okay. But of course, it's not about Kendall. It's about no. <laughs> the drama with 
Caitlin. Yeah. Yeah. Because this whole episode is basically about how we're so fine with Caitlin. We're so happy for her and her transition, but wish she would be nicer to our mom. Yeah. And then you you hear more of the prince's backstory and the struggles that he went through and so forth and even a little bit about like advocacy and and work he's doing now but then you'll just cut to kim or chloe and they'll just be like you know it's reminding me so much of what we've been going through and it's like uh it no does it though like not not just saying like oh these are these are completely different situations but it's like why would why would you want to bring this guy over and then also to meet with Chris later and and get this like get this person's life story and then go oh well this is helpful for me purely because I'm hung up on my own personal drama like it seems it's it seems like something that because they're all real people they wouldn't actually do and it seems like something that is a painful bending over backwards to establish like allyship in the face mm-hmm. of also having legitimate and like fair it seems like beef with Caitlyn yeah. uh, that has nothing to do with it but they want to be like it's not this other thing yeah. trust us it's not because of Caitlyn's identity it's because Caitlyn's saying that like we took money yeah that we shouldn't have taken and it's a disservice to this like cool dude who yeah. I assume isn't out there just to be on keeping up with the Kardashians. Oh, he said he was in San Francisco raising money uh, for an LGBT center, so that's cool. Yeah, but seems like went out of his way to go to Calabasas. Ooh, yeah, and just to be like a token friend. Yep, basically. But as much as that is true, and it one hundred percent like smacks of tokenism across the board. I'm sure it's like really good exposure for him and his causes. So yeah, I'm sure that's like the PR deal that they have worked out. Um, the family has been getting a lot more visibly active and progressive causes in the past year, which has been cool. They did an episode. Where yeah, they I mean, just about... think about Kendall's ad. It was great. <laughs> no, but they did do an episode where um, they met with the families um, affected by gun violence through the charity Every Town, which was really cool. But cool. that was also wrapped up into like this plotline where it's like, does Kendall want to be polarizing? Huh. And then they have an upcoming one that they just filmed at Planned Parenthood, which is going to be, like, really, really cool. So huh. okay. But at the same time, like you were saying, just using this guy to be, like, so nice that you uh, you catered to your heterosexual wife. Oh, my gosh, wife. that was the other thing. <laughs> yeah, they, they, so he tells us his story about being in the closet and then going through with an arranged marriage to a princess said it lasted only what 16 months and mm-hmm. uh that then when they split he didn't come out then because it was to like protect her reputation mm-hmm. and cause her as little friction as possible mm-hmm. because it was going to be hard for her to get remarried true so waited until she got remarried to come out and as as much as there's like the huge cultural divide here right where we can't comment mm-hmm. on like in any sense knowing how we would balance that sort of that sort of like social calculus we wouldn't be able to comment authoritatively on that the idea that you can say all right i want to do right by this person who i was married to in our very particular like within our set of social norms about it but also i do want to be open with my identity it still seems like at the end it was like the straight person's feelings come first yep. mm-hmm. 
And the Kardashian response wasn't like, oh, what a shame that you had to, like, hold it in for that much longer. It was like, that was so nice of you. You did the right thing by yes. this person <laughs> by keeping your identity hidden for that much longer and going through that additional, you know, year or so of pain. Like, no, no, don't yeah, don't have that reaction. Like, they thought they were being supportive, maybe, but it, was like, showed, like, good thing you did right by the lady. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if Caitlyn did the same? No, no, no. Ugh. Oh, boy. That was bad. Anyway, he seemed really cool, though. He, he does. He seems like a really cool guy. I don't think he'll be back on the show, but if he ever would, I would be so happy. Um, Maybe he'll get a spinoff with Jamel. Oh, I would love that. And they just go around <gasps> spread, spreading their like positivity. That would be incredible. I love that. Look, I have only watched two episodes of this show, and I'm already coming up with great spinoff ideas. Hire me, Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Hire me. Please. Um... But all of this is to, you know, they introduce Prince Manbendra to Chris. Chris is, like, her usual gracious self, but she's also like, oh, so interesting, blah, blah, blah. Like, but she keeps telling this story where she's like, and this is where some historical knowledge about the show, I think, helps. She keeps telling the story where she's like, well, why wasn't Caitlin honest about breaking up with her second ex-wife, Linda, um because of her gender dysphoria like why wasn't she honest with me about it so that's a reveal that's in the book yes okay so linda knew um linda who's the mother of brandon brody jenner got it um two people i've just heard of for the first time (laughs) not a lot um they did like test they tested out brandon and brody like right before caitlin came out but they've not really reoccurred on the show since then got it um but brody was also on like princes of malibu and like hung out with like the hills crowd so like he has name recognition okay um anyway so chris's whole thing is like caitlin wasn't honest with me um about her gender dysphoria and caitlin's whole thing has been like chris knows and has known Uh uh-huh for the duration of our relationship. I think maybe the the idea that, like, Chris didn't really understand is, like, somewhat more compelling. It's pretty compelling, honestly, yeah. to well, think that... the idea that she might have written it off as, like, transvestitism, which is, like, a sexual kink. It's not, like, a gender identity sure. issue. Um, not issue, but it's not about gender identity. It's about performance, and it's kind of a kink for some people, but it's very different from being trans. Yeah, I think it's... It's pretty likely that given the time and given given i mean maybe some broad strokes like you know assumptions about hollywood and being part of that culture at the time it would have been probably pretty easy for for chris to to come to some sort of explanation that sat with her Mm -hmm. that didn't even begin to broach like the idea of gender identification and more like more just like some kind of performativity and like self-expression yes that she might have thought was a phase or something that would always be the case for caitlin but Mm -hmm. wouldn't ever actually come to the point of like transition and be part of that talk because it it was easy and the case for lots of people who who struggled with dysphoria to be written off Mm -hmm. throughout the years as this is something that you take as a performative thing and not 
like not that actually informs like your core self-perception and really hard so if that was how it played out for caitlin that sucks yeah but i guess we can't really know because we have one side of the story and then chris's side of the story and both will have been apparently buffed through multiple pr agencies Mm -hmm. so yeah um kim gets a copy of the book caitlin's book so that they can talk about a couple of other claims which these i think are semi-valid criticisms the the censoring of the kardashian name from that interview interview. seemed like the biggest sticking point yeah almost but i want to take a quick uh pit stop at the finances and the claim that chris was taking all of caitlin's checks so here is the thing they have literally talked about this on the show before Okay, before Caitlyn transitioned, Uh this was actually, like, a very good era of the show. So, this was right before... This was, like, a year or two prior to Caitlyn's transition. This was when she was still living at Chris's house. And they were doing these plot lines where they were basically, like, isn't it funny that, like, no one cares about Caitlyn? Isn't it funny that, like, Chris doesn't pay attention to Caitlyn? That was basically, like, a recurring plot line in the show. Like, there was this plot line... Sounds fun. (laughs) Where... No, it was, like, very sad... But there was this plot line where, um, you know, Caitlin went to Malibu for two days and was like, I bet Chris is not going to notice that I'm gone. Chris literally took a phone call. Obviously, this is somewhat staged, but the comedic effect was Chris took a phone call for Caitlin, just called out her name and was like, oh, she's somewhere in the house. She'll come get the phone. Yeah. When Caitlin had been in Malibu for two days. Yeah. Like, that was the joke about their relationship in their final Ugh. years. And kind of adjacent to that was this episode where so one thing caitlin loves is like um little like helicopters like like toy flying helicopters like drones this was like before drones they're like model helicopters okay. like yeah. rc helicopters sure. yes okay yeah there's like a whole thing so caitlin's like very very into them it's like <laughs> that's that's funny yeah. <laughs> that's a weird character trait i yeah. guess Caitlin had a lot of hobbies. That was something else that was on the show a lot. was like, Caitlin just does hobbies. Um, but she had this helicopter. She wanted to get it fixed. But Chris is kind of the purse holder uh-huh. in their relationship. Um, they got a little bit into that, basically saying that when Chris and Caitlin got together, Caitlin actually had a shit ton of debt uh-huh. that she was, like, bringing into their marriage and, like, their legal financial right. binding situation. Which was when Chris kind of took over and was like, you're going to be a motivational speaker and we're going to pay off this debt, basically. Um, And so the argument and the side that Kim, Courtney, and Chloe took was that that was valid then, but Chris needed to adjust her thinking now that they were financially successful. Got it. And so they were basically like, Chris, you need to, like, give Caitlyn access to, like, more money. Like, Caitlyn should just be able to, like, buy whatever she wants. We're, like, wealthy enough now. All, all these helicopters. All these helicopters. So this was actually so funny. What they did was they kidnapped Chris's $5,000 Chanel dress from the dry cleaners. Okay. So Chris was going to wear this $5,000 Chanel dress to an event. They kidnapped it from the dry cleaners, and they were, like, Chris, we're going to hold your special Chanel dress until you give Caitlyn $500 to buy her helicopter. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that so, was like that was like a fun right. plot line, obviously. But that was like how they previously addressed this perceived financial inequality from Chris and Caitlyn was like yeah. validated by this history where Chris kind of got them out of debt. Mm-hmm. 
And then they joked about it. They joked about the fact that, you know, Caitlyn didn't have access to, like, an unlimited credit card at yeah. the time. And they were on Caitlyn's side. So to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, it's, like, so unfair that she's, like, painting Chris like this. It was never like this. Like, yeah. how dare you when it's been on the show before? Well, it seems like the argument was that, or the, the side they were taking is that the book argues that the Kardashians have always been keeping money from Caitlyn and then Kim and company turn around and say, that was when we didn't have money, that's when we were in the act of paying the debts off, whatever. So, I guess, is the, argu- is, is the argument in Caitlyn's book, is it more about that period, or is it more about the period where Caitlyn wasn't allowed to buy helicopters <laughs> I, willy-nilly? I think it's more about the early period and, like, Caitlyn's um, motivational speaker career. In, in which case, like, yeah, then it sounds kind of unfair because it sounds like you were in a bad spot and Chris, the mastermind, helped pull, helped pull you out yeah. of that bad spot. So, yeah, it seems kind of... Kind of shitty. And then this plays directly into, like, you can make those claims about the Kardashians, and then you can also turn around and say, I don't want to associate myself with them so much. Yep. Uh, and left the Kardashian name entirely out of the, what was it, Diane Sawyer interview? But yeah, the Diane yeah. Sawyer interview. And they, they're they not happy about, like, how calculated that decision was. Yeah. Even though, like, whenever they were saying, like, we had it tested and can you believe that they would run this by people and it's like you run every aspect of your lives by people like of course you're just upset because you've put this work into this brand and Mm -hmm. and it is a slight i guess for caitlin to say i want to distance myself from it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely but at the same time for i think caitlin to do that so publicly obviously was perceived by the public as a slight as well but then to be like why won't you guys hang out with me? Yeah. I I just would like everyone to hang out with Caitlyn and, like, just let all of these grudges go. Like, coming out as trans is, like, a difficult thing, and she's, like, establishing her own, like, brand identity, which is, like, an entirely different thing. Mm-hmm. Just let it all go. But no one's ever going to let it go. No, it doesn't and seem that way. this whole plot is really about getting Kendall on Chris's side. Yep, which happens pretty fast, and... We cut to, what, Kendall's condo, and this is where I assert that Kendall made a big cell phone here by being so proud of this shitty, tacky neon art that she has directly <laughs> above her bed that's, like, I guess it's, it's describes the the artist's boyfriend's penis size, uh, or ex-boyfriend's penis size, and then there's, like a, like, a snarky comment, like, underneath, and it's just, like neon writing is about like the most overdone thing in art and about the <laughs> like most gross rich person i think expression of like i'm fun and sexy and flirty and also i know about art stuff and i put this above <laughs> my bed it's just like no 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 yeah it would like 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 a mass-produced like print of a klimt painting would be a more like less uh like hung directly above the bed i'm saying would be less like grown worthy like i'm art but also i i like sex and stuff (laughs) i don't know oh kendall kendall should get some some like andy warhol style pepsi cans for her room now (laughs) that would be really good i hope someone sends that to her um 
But the whole point is, like, you know, Kendall's supposed to be kind of this viewer surrogate that's like, well, if you were still on Caitlyn's side through all of the other Caitlyn feuds we've thrown at you this season, look at how she, Caitlyn's own daughter, turns against her because of these unfair claims about Kris Jenner. Yeah. And it's just like, at the end of the day, like, I think Caitlyn has a different perception of events because, like, she was going through something different. And obviously, like, she was, like, internalizing a lot of stuff because of what she was going through. And that's yeah. going to be hard and that's going to maybe change the way she thinks about things. And ultimately, like, you have to respect that, and you have to respect the fact that I don't really respect whatever Chris is going through. We've talked about this on the show a lot. I'm just, like, over her feeling hurt about Caitlyn's transition. She doesn't even seem too upset, because when, right before she calls Kim in to have, like, their serious sit-down talk about Kim having read the book, they're like, hold up, we gotta gotta FaceTime someone and sing them happy birthday. (laughs) And it was then that I realized that Kim and Chris actually aren't very cool. (laughs) Because they they show all these cutaways in the two episodes to them like taking uh, like Instagram videos and so forth, and there they're like doing the cool thing and like being kind of aloof. But when they call their friend up on the phone, it's just like happy birthday. And I was like, holy shit! They're just like they're just kind of dweeby. Yep. Even even while the cameras are on, they're kind of dweeby. Holy shit! Yeah. Never knew that about them before. That was a very Chris Jenner moment. Yeah, Chris Jenner seems to lean into being being the the wine mom a lot oh yeah but it was weird to see wine mom next to w-h-i-n-e mom like immediately (laughs) thereafter in the scene being like i'm still so hurt by this like yeah it it rang a little false to me and i don't have all the context either it seemed like you're you're fine this book isn't gonna like ruin you and it's not gonna even come close to dragging your names through the mud like yeah the the whole family's probably been through like worse accusations in terms of lots of things like i think you're gonna be okay yeah definitely one of the other claims that caitlin made in her book i am not i might read her book i don't know yet she's obviously trying to sell this book you know she's Uh trying to like make some money so she can continue to build barns for horses that are never going to come to her house (laughs) in malibu and stuff like that no if you build it they will come that's how it works (laughs) kylie's never going to come but (laughs) Um, one of the other claims that she makes in her book... Put a Kylie pop-up store at the house <laughs> in Malibu that Kylie has to come. <laughs> That's the only way Kylie's gonna come out there. And she'll be like, I love my new pop-up store. I'm so proud of it. Oh, I have to see Caitlin? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But one of the other claims that she made in her book was that Robert Kardashian only defended OJ in the OJ trial to get back at Kris Jenner for marrying Caitlyn, who was on Nicole's Really? That is a claim that Caitlyn made, which I do think is absurd. That's, but that's also, that's also really fucking rad. Like, (laughs) I'm, here's my tell-all book. Also, let me just try to tie my personal drama into the most watched, like, celebrity uh, trial of, like, all time. Yeah. It's, that's bold. That's a bold yeah. move. Well, because you know Chris and Caitlin actually, like, attended the trial. Sure, yeah. yeah. I, I, I am aware of that. And, you know, but, like, the OJ case is hot again, you it's know? It's very hot. So, um, <laughs> I did. makes sense. You know, trending topic. We have one more thing to talk about in this episode, but while we're on the topic of OJ, I did last night watch this episode, not this episode, this documentary on Netflix titled Kardashian, The Man Who Saved OJ. Mm-hmm. It is bad it's not a good documentary (laughs) i'm gonna put that out there okay but it's all about the idea that 
Robert Kardashian took the garment bag that may have had evidence tying OJ to the mm. murder and dumped it. <laughs> Were you compelled by that argument? I do think he had the garment bag. I do think he, there are things missing from it. I don't <laughs> know. I don't think he was stupid enough to like open it and like dump it in Santa Monica Bay, sure. which is what the um, documentary was claiming. I think he took it, I think it went somewhere else, and then I think he absolved himself of anything to do with that bag, knowing that something was in that bag, Sure, is what I think. Okay, alright. But then, this whole 45-minute documentary is basically like, and then he reactivated his law license so that, like, anything he said to OJ could be under attorney-client privilege, and, like, I, it just... It's a bad documentary. It's really just about this one thing. Yeah. And this one 30-second video where you can see that previously OJ's personal secretary had the Louis Vuitton garment bag. Mm -hmm. She drops it. Robert Kardashian stands right next to it basically until people aren't looking and then grabs it and takes it. Um, Whatever. And then it's, it's bad. And then it also, like segues into this weird part where they're like and that's what made the kardashian family famous no it's not really (laughs) no um and then it segues into a weirder part entirely where they're like is oj simpson chloe kardashian's real father (laughs) oh right isn't that isn't that like a conspiracy thing yep that is and then they interview this guy who has been giving really weird stories about oj in prison for years this is like how this guy pays the bills is just giving interviews where he's like i knew oj in prison and here's some weird shit that he said to me. Uh-huh. And he <laughs> makes this claim that every week O.J. Simpson calls Khloe Kardashian. Okay. Just to talk about things. If we want to talk about weird family things, should we should we talk about Rob's plot this episode? We should, because that also ties into Khloe. But Kardashian, the man who saved D- O.J. Uh, don't watch. Do not recommend. Okay. I watched it so you guys don't have to. Um... But it is going to show up on your Netflix suggestions, I assume, if you're watching, if you're listening to this podcast. Probably, yeah. But Chloe, whether or not she's um, OJ's daughter, she is here in this episode to educate Rob about menstrual cycles. Yeah. So she starts by lounging, though uncomfortably, because it's the it's her time of the month, and Rob just like. Like basically busts into the room and was like, "Come on, we're I was gonna like jump rope and stuff, and you can't do this." Like completely, like she she straight up has to say it. Like he can't even like take the the hint that maybe like maybe something's slightly off this morning. Maybe you've known your sister for how many goddamn years, and she's saying like, "Yeah, it, it's rougher on me than it is for some people." And then you would think like, "Rob, this happens literally every month. Like you should know by now." Um, and then when she tells him, like, hey, I'm on my period, he immediately starts saying dumb, bro-y asshole shit. Yep. Uh, and also, so weirdly creepy, he does a weirdly <laughs> creepy thing. Is yep. Rob always this weirdly creepy towards Chloe? Yep. Okay. And Chloe doesn't help matters either, because is this a story that was known beforehand about the Kim Kardashian lookalike contest? Yes, or maybe not, actually. Rob makes weird sexual comments about his sisters a lot. Yeah, there he... was a, there was the point in the previous episode which seemed like kind of funny and offhand. 
I didn't realize it was playing into a whole a whole theme where he was at the the gym with uh, Jamal and uh, the gym trainer Gunner Gunner, uh, just some buff looking white guy, and he says, "Was it your intention to have me staring at a poster of my sister's butt the whole time?" And sure enough, there's like a poster of Chloe in workout gear uh, with her butt out, and it's just like, okay, haha, I didn't know that this is, like, an ongoing... Oh, yeah, he does not need to be prompted to make these kind of comments. His, uh, but then, yeah, so Chloe brings up that Rob once slept with someone who won a Kim Kardashian lookalike contest, and that's weird enough, but then she says, why ha- haven't you slept with someone who won a Chloe Kardashian lookalike contest? <laughs> and that's when I wanted to shut the laptop and text you and be like, I don't know if we can be friends anymore, you made me watch this show. <laughs> I mean, fair. And, like, the, and this is one of his best appearances in the whole season? Not this episode. <laughs> not this, okay. Not this episode. All no. Right. Um, Rob has this, like... Rob makes weird, inappropriate comments that make people feel uncomfortable, and then the family at large tries to write it off as, like, Rob's sense of humor. It's not a sense of humor. He is just delighting in making people feel very uncomfortable. It's nasty. But the tables are sort of turned... Because then the whole setup is like, all right, we're going to teach Rob what it's like to go through a period and have period cramps. Because he does call in and he's like, I'm not coming to work out because I'm on my myriad. Yeah, which probably just means like Doritos and Call of Duty. Like, come on. Typical Rob stuff. I do want to note that there is a new trainer on this show. Not new, really, but back in the day, everyone was all about Gunner, who you saw in the previous episode working out with Rob. Everyone went to Gunner's gym. And then... Kim and Kanye started working out with Don, I think because Don worked with Kanye before. Hmm. So Don appeared on Kim's snaps a lot, and I think the appeal of Don is that Don will go to their houses. Yeah. And then they work out at Courtney's basketball court that she has at right. her house, or Chloe's garage, or something like that. There is a new coach. Yeah. Coach Joe, who we actually saw in Costa Rica, which means that... I thought that he was native to Costa Rica. Uh I thought that they had found a trainer in Costa Rica for Chloe to work out with. No. They clearly flew Coach Joe to Costa Rica, and now he's back at Courtney's uh, basketball court, and I guess he's the new trainer. I don't know what's up with Don. I don't know if his schedule changed. I don't know if his contract is up, but we have a new trainer. Cool. Who Rob is dodging with his myriad, and that's when Chloe's like, I know some athletes. Because of course she does. Right. Chloe, is she is is she the sportiest one? You'd say she her new identity is gym rat. Okay. She's had that for a few years, um, but she's also known for dating NBA players. Ah, uh, so right. So she's right, currently right. dating Tristan Thompson of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's yo three one. <laughs> as we record this in the finals, <laughs> seems familiar. I don't know anything about basketball, but here we are. Anyway. So Cavs and seven. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so she's like, I know some athletes. We're gonna get this machine that stimulates muscle contractions, right? Which is what a uh, cramp is, basically. And then we're gonna misuse it by by using it rather than to treat your like chronic pain or whatever. We're gonna give give you cramps with it. Yep. And I guess for Doctor Trumpy, which is her actual name. <laughs> Uh, this is totally fine. This is not, like, a violation of any kind of ethics or anything. It's just like, alright, we're just gonna give you some jolts, and you're gonna, you're gonna know what all your sisters go through, I think is exactly what she said, which is like, uh, come on. Yep. Uh, as, as you brought up before we started recording this, it's pretty, 
pretty biological essentialist to be like, this is the quintessential womanly experience yep. of going through cramps, and also like, as as a as a man, Rob, you couldn't possibly like yep. empathize, and it's obvious that Rob himself can't empathize. Yep. Uh, but like, I don't know, it it's it's so men are from Mars, women are from Venus, kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um. And I don't know, Rob is definitely not going to be more sensitive to menstrual cycles at this point, but... No, he just, like, he goes through, like, a very clinical, uh, controlled jackass scene for, like, (laughs) a minute. That's it. Like... Yep. And it's, like, they're on his chest. Like, it's not that big of a deal. He has cramps for a little bit. And he's like, oh, turn it off. I think they turn the knob, like, halfway up to its maximum strength, and he's like, oh, no, I'm good. Uh... This is also when Scott's in this episode, and he's just like crouching at the like foot of the bed, be like, "I guess I'm called in to watch my friend get shocked today." That's that's my role today. Yeah, I mean, this had the potential for some good shenanigans. I think this could have been a good a plot. I think they could have cycled some more like family people through there. I think Scott could have done it. He needs to get his check, but. Putting it adjacent to the Caitlyn storyline and then throwing on top of it, Rob doesn't understand girls. Not a good move. Yeah, no. Like, I don't know, have Rob go to a doctor and, like, just, like, redo sex ed. That would be way more entertaining than this, like, shock therapy thing. Yeah. Have have Rob have to, like, like shop for, like, period accoutrement yeah. and, like, realize, like, oh, it's also, like way outrageously expensive that this natural thing that plenty of people go through you have to like spend that much more and then there's like it's tied up in marketing but like they're not gonna have like the kardashians critique of like gender bias capitalism like no it's gonna be hey we shocked his chest when he was like oh i'm so hurt i understand now please stop i've learned my lesson and it's way worse shenanigans than the last episode the last episode was way more enjoyable when courtney was getting clowned on (laughs) definitely but i mean rob has a daughter who's presumably maybe gonna go through this one day and he's gonna get shocked in the chest again (laughs) to learn as a dad honestly i feel like she's just gonna talk to china about it and rob is never gonna hear about his daughter having her first period yeah absolutely um, but this brings us to our power rankings for this episode. So I asked you, um, to kind of help me put these in order because I wanted to get your perspective on the show and uh-huh. how everyone came off. Um, so we'll explain our choices as we go. You are familiar with the format. Our listeners are familiar with the format. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start us off at the bottom? Yeah. So at the bottom of the power rankings this week, it's Courtney because Courtney does basically nothing and doesn't look like she wants to be there either in the plot she's more involved in or in the second episode talking to the prince talking about caitlin's book just kind of seems like she's checked out for this couple week span and also does just like in terms of making power moves nah she gets completely pranked uh and doesn't even doesn't even react poorly to it and then like assert herself she it takes her a little bit to even realize she's been pranked so pretty pretty bad look i guess she does buy an aston martin seemingly because god told her to 
I guess that's a power move, but, like, that's just spending money. Yeah. Spending money's happening all the time off screen. Very true. I and on screen in this show. Coming in above Courtney, we have Kendall, who is representing the whole Jenner family in this episode, uh, this past episode. Um, she's just a pawn. She's there to bring us as the viewers from Caitlyn's side to Chris's side in this feud. We're supposed to be following this journey to sympathize with Chris does not work for me and it's not good for Kendall's image. Yeah, it seemed like this is my first experience honestly of like who Kendall uh, Kendall Jenner is like outside of tabloid snippets and the whole Pepsi Gate thing. So, it seemed like oh, this person like has certainly more of a personality it seems than Kylie and what what are they going to get up to? It's like, oh, they visited India. That'll be maybe kind of interesting. And then they just completely throw anything interesting that happened on that trip away in order to rope the prince into this storyline and then have, yeah, Kendall serve as this intermediary, like, switching sides for the sake of the audience. It was like, oh, I don't, I didn't actually learn anything about her this episode. Nope. So, nah. <laughs> Coming in above Kendall, we have... We have Rob, who... Like I said, in the first episode, looked like a, an ordinary guy trying to make some improvements in his life, and I respected that. Uh, and I, hmm, now I know everything I do know about him and his, his uh, a just constant creepy vibe, I guess, <laughs> and his jerkishness about the period. Maybe I would have ranked him lower, maybe even below Kendall, but... yeah. I feel like this is a Rob slash Jamel placement here. Yeah, yeah. I, this is really for when he when he was in the car with Jamel, he seemed like he was making some strides. Yeah. So that's that's why he comes in at this spot. Good for Rob. Um, coming in above Rob, we have Caitlin, who <laughs> just as always wants someone to come out to Malibu, and she does. She gets Caitlin, she gets Kendall, and Jay Leno to come out to Malibu. And this is a huge victory in Caitlyn's world. Could have been higher up on the list if Jay Leno wasn't there. Yeah. Um, she, she's not involved. She's happy in Malibu. She's probably going to be riding the high of her daughter's visit for weeks, you know, unbeknownst to the fact that all of this drama is going on in Calabasas. Yeah. Uh, coming in at numbers five and four, respectively, it's Kylie and Kanye in the Spawn Con corner because they're just here... To sort of maintain their brands and be like, we've got we've got new shit for you. Yep, and also remind us that Kanye's doing totally okay post meltdown. <laughs> He's totally not like off in his own head all the time or anything. Yeah, um, he feels so natural and at home on camera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. But you know who does feel at home on camera? Chris Jenner. Mm-hmm. Who is. Honestly, I think architecturing a lot in these two episodes. She's giving her blessing for her younger daughter to clown on her oldest daughter. She's getting rescued. She's refusing to put on a firefighter's uniform. She's showing up in Chanel. She's um, getting everyone to sympathize with her and her cause. Yep. Also doing some mom stuff. Uh, when, when she swings Kendall over to her side. She's like, I'm gonna smooch you. I'm gonna smooch you now, which was, like, the only time you actually do see Kendall's, like, personality come out and be like, no, Mom, no, no, you have so much makeup on. This is gross. Please don't. Uh, that was that was good, but that was, again, that was mostly, that was mostly Chris being 
unabashedly herself. One other thing I should mention is Chris is the one who introduced Rob to Jamel. Mm. Okay. That's so just, good, good move, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So Chris is really. She took a vacation earlier this season, and I think she came back pretty strong post vacation. And then number two is actually Kim, because, I don't know, Kim, what what are her, like, real assertive moves here? Because you could say that she's doing some things with regards to Caitlin's book. She reads the book, she mm-hmm. gets upset for Chris and the family, and talks to Kendall, but I feel like that all loops back to, to Chris, in a way. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's facilitating the com- conversation with Prince Manvendra. She's the one sure. who is, like, really driving the conversation. And she's the one who makes the most comments that are not related to Caitlyn. Even as the conversation moves to, but heterosexual feelings. But sure. Kris Jenner. Uh, Kim is the one being like, this is so brave. Coming out is so hard. You have to do it on your own time. If the prince is going to hang out with any of the sisters, it's going to be Kim. So. It's definitely going to be Kim. And Kim is also, you know giving away kylie's lip kits and making kylie pay for it she's making court pay for part of the jet she's asserting her husband's successful fashion line and his innovative presentation she gets top three just for sitting next to anna winter you know so yeah you know anna winter's uh power radiated onto cam at new york fashion week and that really lifted her Mm -hmm. into the top two but you chose the number one this week yeah do you want to talk about your choice uh chloe kardashian after these two episodes barring the creepy comment she made towards rob is my favorite of the kardashians because she is the one who regardless of whether or not she was being fake in every scene or in some of the scenes she was just like the most natural in front of the camera in terms of like i'm here to be on this television show and i'm gonna television the shit out of it Mm -hmm. uh i'm gonna prank my sister i'm gonna take a great deal of joy in this. I'm then going to continue to torment my sister and show no signs of frustration with the fact that she's completely checked out. Like, completely opposite ends of the pole. Courtney does not want to be there, is not into the bit, and Chloe just commits, commits, commits. And that kind of follows through to the second episode, even though it's a way inferior, like, goofy plot line. You are right. She is architecturing all of the shenanigans yeah she is shenanigans central and if i was if i could be told that the show was reliably shenanigans based like i would watch it and i would assume based on these two that chloe would more often than not be the architect of it because she seems down to do that and that was fun yeah and was pretty much heavy drama which i needed a lot of context for to fully understand thank you ashley aside like Aside from that drama, that was the only stuff that was happening in these episodes was shenanigans. So she really, she really like put put the family on her back in this one. Yeah, this is super interesting to me because Chloe has been having a horrible season. Hmm. Chloe has been having passive aggressive drama with everyone. She sat down with Caitlyn and was like, "Caitlyn, I'm upset with you." But then when Caitlyn was like, "What are you upset about?" This <laughs> was like, "I'm not gonna say." Yeah, Chloe was like, "It doesn't matter. I'm over it." <laughs> Even though Caitlin was like, we used to have a good relationship. Like, I've raised you since you were, like, five years old. Like, and then when they did their Costa Rica vacation, Chloe was like, why does no one want to do fun activities with me on vacation that I planned? And then, like, threw a fit and was like, I'm over all you people. I don't want to hang out with you anymore. But this is old Chloe. These two episodes, this is what Chloe was like when she was everyone's favorite. Got it. 
And in these episodes, she's really stepping into a role that Kim usually fills, which is family counselor. Hmm. Well, yeah, congrats, Chloe. Number one. Yeah, I'd love to see her maintain this ranking in the future. I want fun Chloe back. I want no more feuds from her. I I, I hope, I wish her the best, but I'm not going to watch <laughs> the finale of the season. I don't blame you, but you are going to be watching Twin Peaks every week. Yes. Which is the show that we do together. So if you've had fun listening to this episode of The K-Hole, consider tuning into Twin Peaks Peaks. Matt and I have talked about every episode of Twin Peaks that has ever aired. So uh-huh. if you're just starting, you can go back and listen to our early episodes. Um, that's, again, Twin Peaks Peaks. It's on iTunes and wherever else you found this podcast. You can also follow Twin Peaks Peaks on Twitter at Twin Peaks Peaks. For... for- Reference, if you're really completely unfamiliar, the second Peaks is spelled P-E-E-K-S. Like, you're, you're peeking at it, as opposed to just repeating the, the <laughs> word the second time. It'll be helpful. Otherwise, they no, won't find it. They won't find true. it. It's true. <laughs> you know, maybe because I've never explained that spelling, people have not been able to find it. I don't know. Oh. Oh, right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, but you can also be found on Twitter. Yeah, and I'll have to explain that spelling, too. Uh, you can find me. I'm at Matthew Olson. That's M-A-T-H-E-W-O-L-S-O-N. So, yeah, one T in Matthew. Uh, Olson spelled not like the Olson twins. And I don't tweet about the Kardashians or reality stuff generally, but I, I do tweet about Twin Peaks and things that I've written and lefty politics and i also do a show called can you get to that with my friend caitlin best it's a wikipedia racing comedy podcast it's kind of rambly i don't know we pick different topics recently we did king of the hill the next one we have coming up is pen spinning it's just kind of weird stuff that we're into generally as a topic and you can find that on itunes or anywhere you find your podcasts i guess probably itunes is the best spot i mean based on you know competitive metrics itunes but yeah most of you listen on itunes it's almost like we know that it's almost like they basically invented the idea of podcasts the ios app anyway you can also find me on twitter at ashley brandt um twin peaks peaks i've already plugged uh but you can rate and review the k-hole we are going to be back for the season finale coming up next week um after that i We'll maybe do the premiere of The Life of Kylie. I'm going to put it out there. Life of Kylie is not going to be renewed. Life of Kylie is not going to be very good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But we will be talking about it regardless. You can also follow us on Twitter at the K-Hole Podcast. Um, Yeah, send us your thoughts. We're always happy to hear them as we move into the slow season of the summer. Um, And with that, Matt, do you know how we end the show? Yes, I do. This has been The K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude.